0: Oh, let me All righty. Hey there, everyone. I'm Hunter Myers and the host of the Brand Buy podcast and founding creative director at Verger Design Co. I am very, very excited to be welcoming Stacey Bennett to the show today. So Stacey is a financial consultant who's certified in the profit first method, and she's the owner of the SLC group. So Stacy, I don't want to take up too much of the time here in the beginning. You go ahead and start telling us about your story and how you got to where you are today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this podcast. I think there's such a wealth of knowledge that comes from being able to share what the actual real life journey of entrepreneurs looks like. And so um, I got my start running my business. Um, Actually, let's back up to before that, because like what got me started and what I'm passionate about, which is money, was learning how to manage money, which is something that didn't come for me until I was in about my mid 20s. So I didn't grow up with money. I didn't grow up with very strong financial education. And so by the time I graduated from college and I was out on my own, I had made a lot of the very classic financial mistakes. And I I had kind of a hole to dig myself out of. And up until that point, I really had this sort of running dialogue that I'm not good with money. Um, My mom wasn't good with money. My dad wasn't great with money. I didn't learn how to use money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. something happened in my mid twenties where I just, I got this awareness that it wasn't that I was good or bad. Like there was a fixed state. It was simply that I hadn't learned how to use money. I hadn't developed the skills. And I kind of went on a bit of a personal crusade to learn, to master the skills that would have me be savvy with money. And, you know, one of the techniques that I used was like the grandma's envelope systems, where I gave myself an allowance and grocery money is here and gas money is here and kind of all of that. Right. Well, fast forward a few years, I really had transformed not only like the nuts and bolts of my own financial system, like I had money for the first time in my life and I was on time and I was current with things. I'd pulled myself out of defaults and the places that was happening. And I was really, really proud of my situation. The nuts and bolts were great. But also I had developed this sort of life confidence, this like unmessable with perspective that if a challenge comes down the pike, I'll be able to figure it out. Not because I have all the money in the world, not because my systems are perfect, not because I know how to do everything, but because I knew that if there was something that came forward, I would learn how to pull myself through it. So that was, that got me to about 2018. And at that time, a bunch of the people in my community had started to build businesses. And because I was so fascinated with money, they started coming to me for guidance on their business money, right? And so I love my community. I love helping. I wanted to be a part of this community of entrepreneurs that I have. And so I started learning about specifically business finance, accounting, bookkeeping, and I became a full-time staff accountant with a small business firm in um, Littleton, Colorado, which was an amazing experience. It was like drinking from a fire hose. I learned a ton in a very short period of time, and what I saw very clearly was that no matter what stage of business folks were in, no matter if they were just starting out or they'd been in business for twenty years, whether they were making a thousand dollars a month or a hundred thousand dollars a month, the likelihood that they were going to have cash flow issues were pretty similar across the board, right? Like there was just a huge network of people that were still experiencing overdraft fees, cash flow crunches, not being able to make payroll, not being able to like expand their company, not paying themselves as business owners enough. And again, this was happening if they were bringing in a thousand dollars a month or a hundred thousand. And so that really piqued my curiosity. Like, what is it? what is happening on the business finance side that is so similar to the personal finance side where we're in this kind of like constant rat race, living paycheck to paycheck, never really having enough to cover our bills. And that is out of that inquiry, really, when I discovered Profit First. Profit First is a methodology that was created by Mike McCallowitz. It's been popularized in a bunch of different books that he's written. Um, and it was the closest to the sort of like grandma's envelope system that really helped me turn my personal finances around that I'd ever seen for business finance. And so I started exploring what businesses looked like when they were running this system. And it is a night and day difference, like the level of clarity that it brings to spending. What's available? Why why should I spend this dollar here and not here? What should I pay myself? What should I be saving for taxes? Kind of all of those questions get answered within a framework that is very easy to implement, even for business owners who wouldn't normally consider themselves to be like numbers people. And so that is, it was like, in seeing this and seeing this like massive need, in the entrepreneurial space for some kind of a financial process that makes sense um, that had me kind of transition my career from being a full-time staff accountant at somebody else's firm to starting my own kind of coaching and bookkeeping firm where I really emphasize, you know, what is the financial management of your company? Oh, and also let's keep track of it with the bookkeeping side rather than sort of emphasizing the bookkeeping and compliance side. And we'll see if we get any insights to coach on. So that is where, you know, that's really where my company started. And I've been full-time running my company for over 18 months now. Um, So it's been a wonderful journey and it's been super fun to just kind of see how adaptable the framework that I coach people on is. And also, I mean, just what it has yielded for me and my business in bringing a level of clarity that I didn't have when i first started consulting like back in 2018 for folks so
0: yeah so i love i love that your journey is kind of a transition out of that corporate ish realm because i think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs experience where you know we don't go into this in, in middle school saying, you know what? Yeah. Like I'm going to be an entrepreneur when I grow up. A lot of us don't. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. And, And so I'd love, I'd love for you to touch on what that transition was like for you. Was there anything that you struggled with or anything that you didn't realize you would have to learn that you then did have to learn anything like that?
1: Oh, I feel like that's like 15 different questions that I could answer, honestly. Well, let me just start by saying that I think that my transition out of like the corporate world was unique, in that it wasn't clean. It wasn't like a clean break. Actually, I phased out my transition from my role as a full-time accountant into my role as a full-time business owner over about 12 to 18 months. So my job my job got smaller, my business got bigger. And it was really, I mean, a massive blessing. I think that that is actually something that most entrepreneurs don't get to experience. It's like, I'm going to cut my salary and I'm going to go out there and hopefully make enough sales to pay myself. And I really had the privilege and the blessing of a fantastic boss and mentor, who was willing to like really help me taper off while you know supporting his clients as I was building my client load so I had the unique like almost easy transition that being said as somebody who can I I'm sure that many entrepreneurs kind of deal with this as somebody who can kind of struggle with boundaries a little bit it was very very hard for me to determine like where do I stop giving here and start focusing my giving here to my business. And especially I think when you are building your own business and it's scary and there's so much that you don't know and don't understand, it's really easy to justify investing your time in the thing you already know how to do and kind of putting the thing that you need to do that's challenging on the back burner. And so I think that part of the reason why that transition took me 12 to 18 months is because I really didn't, force the move as quickly. I was I was almost too comfortable. You know what I mean? And I, I think that that is um, something that a lot of entrepreneurs deal with just in terms of like, when do I jump? You know, I'm still pretty comfortable at my cushy, you know, even though I hate it, corporate job, you know, there's still, there was a lot of when do I actually make the move? So that is the answer, I think, to the first part of the question. In terms of what I've had to learn I had no so I had no idea how much actually goes into building the business side of a business. Like I knew bookkeeping, I knew accounting, I knew cash flow strategy, right? I knew how to do all of those people pieces, but how to pick a password manager. Like There's so many options and that's just one, how to set up a, how to set up a task manager, like ClickUp or Monday or Notion, or like, where do I go and which one's best and which one integrates with my email and how do I automate this? And I think it's really, it's way too easy when you're building your own business to kind of build yourself into a box where everything depends on you. Nothing is automated if something needs to be done, it falls on your lap because either you do it or you take the time to explain to somebody how to do it. And that is just takes too much time because you got 500 other things to do. And so I have, you know, one of the biggest struggles I think of entrepreneurship and of building my business has been how do I structure the operations side of my company so that I'm not building myself another job where I'm going to have to be constantly responsible for everything that my company needs, which is a lot. Like your company needs a lot of things from marketing and sales to following up with you know email prospect or client prospects to actually delivering the client work to developing your vision and your offer. And where do I want my company to go to managing your website, and your social? There's so many things. And it takes... A lot of discipline, a lot of time, a lot of trial and error. Um, I mean, and and honestly, a lot of wasted time to figure out exactly what, and it's not, you know, not wasted in that, you know, like you learn lessons from it. But I remember, I remember when I had the idea to set up ClickUp, for instance, I invested probably 60 hours into trying to figure out how to do that myself before deciding that that wasn't the right software fit for me. You know, and like, I, I think that there's so many of those types of like, well, I have this idea, not sure how to execute it, still a solopreneur, figuring it all out myself, bootstrapping my company. Um, I'm going to save money and not hire somebody. And I'm going to cost myself 60 hours, you know, and, and those kind of things I think happen a lot. And it's all really on the operations side. Even if you're excellent at what you do, you know, how to actually run that as a business is a whole nother bear.
0: Well, I I really like that you brought up this exchange of your time versus your money. Because I think when we're starting out, and even as we're moving through, like I'm three years in and still have to deal with, okay, am I going to spend my time on this or am I going to let someone else who can do it much faster than me do it for X amount of money. And I think it can be a little intimidating at first, you know, these are our babies, right? Our business, we put our blood, sweat and tears into it and we're building it up. And it's, it's hard sometimes to let go of those reins. And I, I like that you mentioned the box because it's true. You know, we get into this with whatever skill it is that we were doing prior, right. Which is not necessarily running a business.
1: Right. And so
0: it's great to have more people sharing that that's that's what to expect. Like get ready oh, yeah. for that piece. So when it comes to some of the things that you wound up hiring out, what what was your thought process? How did you decide if it was something you were going to hand off or if it was a good fit for you to hand it off to a certain person? Did you have a vetting process for that?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I would say, you know, I'm still I'm still in the process right now of sorting out what needs to be delegated and, and whatnot. But the kind of the first pieces actually that I I started having other people do are the things that are just they are so out, outside of my skill set. Marketing is not my thing. Sales and marketing, it's not graphic design. While I can enjoy it for, you know, a project here or there, I'm not gonna make it like an excellence banner for my website. I'm not going to make an excellent, you know, flyer for this upcoming webinar that I've got going on. And so there came a point where I had to acknowledge that if I wanted it to get done, period, and if I wanted it to get done well, you know, like even beyond that, I had to pay somebody else to do it. Um, I have used a lot of contractors that are outsourced outside of the United States for those types of projects. I actually have a full-time virtual assistant that is through a company that I've loved doing business with as a coach. Um, and they also hire and outsource um, folks from the Philippines to do full-time virtual marketing assistant work. And, and I love that because that has made it accessible for me to hire the kind of help that I need while also acknowledging that I am still, you know, building my business and it doesn't work for my finances to hire a full-time team member. So those are, you know, kind of like finding the balance between, you know, like what solutions are affordable and have integrity with my values, right? Like when I was, for instance, when I was shopping around for the folks that I was outsourcing outside of the United States, I wasn't looking for just cheap labor, right? Like I'm not looking to pay the lowest possible dollar and get as much work out of them as I can. I'm really concerned with the well-being of the people that are working for me. And so I was very careful to shop around for, you know, the companies that I know are taking really great care of their people. They're paying their people in other countries higher than the living wage in those countries. They're giving them holidays, PTO healthcare. They're giving back to their communities in some way. Like, how do I align my values as a company with what my dollars can actually provide right now? And so I think that that has been an important part of the vetting process. Um, some of the sort of technical work, you know, I'm just going to say, frankly, it's a challenge that I'm still working out. Um, finding professionals to do things in the financial space, particularly bookkeeping and accounting, it's very challenging right now. I think anybody in the industry could tell you that it has been hard to hire in the United States and that particular job is one that i don't have a ton of comfort outsourcing you know with cybersecurity issues and kind of those things wanting to make sure that my clients are receiving the highest integrity work from me i'm very cautious about like where am i willing to send the work and who am i willing to have do it um and that's not to say that there aren't incredible you know professionals elsewhere it's just whether or not the like techn- technological um security is where it needs to be for me to be willing to share that job. So I haven't found a great solution to that. I'm still really at the wheel of all things like client delivery in my company. Um, And that works for now because what I think that I have done instead is prioritize building my packages in such a way that I can have a sustainable client load while growing my business. So instead of, you know, kind of the old model that I learned or or kind of like came into this career path and it was like a lot of clients for very low fees. And so everybody got like really low touch, you know, care. I don't think that it would be workable for me to offer that kind of a service being a solopreneur who can't outsource any of the day-to-day work. So instead I offer a small number of clients kind of higher ticket packages, which allows me to afford to be at the, be in charge of delivering all of those services. So I think to translate this in a way that your audience and the people that are listening to this can relate to, it's like, look at the challenges that you have specifically. And instead of, you know, like it would be really tempting for me to say, oh, it's just so hard. Like I wish you know there's there's nobody i can hire to do this work it's like no there's there is a solution for me my business model says that if i'm going to continue doing this work and i can't hire somebody my I have to be very intentional about how I craft my offer and to whom I sell it. And down the road, you know, when I've got a team and I've got people that I trust to take over the bookkeeping and my business is large enough, I can hire folks. You know, at that point, maybe I can start offering services that are lower price and more accessible to smaller businesses, you know, but like I understand the constraints of my current situation, and I'm leveraging those to build a company that has integrity. So does that answer the question?
0: Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. and i I really like that you, number one, are talking about integrity. I think that is huge, especially when outsourcing um, and outsourcing outside of the u s. Now, again, I know that when you're starting up, a lot of the time you will be strapped for cash. So finding a good way to work with that while still remaining ethical, I think is huge. And I'm so glad that you brought that point up. So talking, we've talked about you for a while. I know that you help all kinds of businesses with the financial side. And that is such a huge part of running a business. So what are some of the common like challenges or mistakes that you see business owners making when it comes to their finances?
1: Yeah, I'll start with the challenges. I think that the biggest challenge I see folks have is, I mean, simply a lack of clarity, Um, not being engaged enough with their money to really know what's going on. Like for many business owners and most of the business owners I've worked with, if you say, hey, what's your runway? Or even like how long could you go sustaining your business if sales stopped? You know, they would say either I have no idea or maybe a month. You know, there is not this sort of like intentional creation of a financial structure that says i know how i know how lean or how bloated my budget is i know what my break even needs to be i know how far above it i am i know how much i've got in savings like all of those pieces bring a clarity that allow business owners to make very smart choices about how they're going to spend their money today that being said i think that the biggest mistake that leads business owners here. And it's not, it's not even necessarily a mistake. I think it's a lack and it's a lack of systems. If you don't have strong financial systems in your business, it's really hard to have clarity. And if you try to get your financial, you know, kind of like game together without implementing strong systems, it's just a frustrating mess, right? Like it's, it, it is what leads so many business owners to say things like, this isn't my This isn't my area. This isn't my skill. Um, I'm not a numbers person. I'm not good with this stuff. They say that to me all the time. And it's, I understand where they're coming from. And what I would say back is, well, how strong are your systems? Probably the answer is those are weak. And that's why you feel like your knowledge is weak. If all you do is start, for instance, separating your revenue into different accounts that are allotted for different purposes, tax savings over here, profit savings, which is kind of like your emergency cushion slash your building your company for the future savings here, right? Um, your operating expenses here, your owners' pay here. If you're separating your money like that, it's a lot easier to open up your bank account and say, oh, I've only got X amount to spend on this new purchase I want to make for my business. i' I've had a lot of folks ask the question, you know how much should I be paying myself? And the answer to that is it depends on how much you're making in revenue. But if you know exactly what percentage of your revenue you take home and then you segment that money into a different account, all you have to do is open up your bank account and see, oh, well, I've got $12,000 in my owner's pay account right now. Or I know for some people, they're like, that would be great. Like, I've got $3,000 in my owner's pay account right now. And like, that's how much you can pay yourself and you get there by implementing a system that tells you very clearly what you need to be doing with each dollar and then having the financial structure of your business support that, right? So.
0: I I really love this notion of the system and I'm glad that you broke it down to where it really does relate to that envelope method. Cause I feel like that is something that I've heard a number of people talk about too, where it's like, Oh, well, especially around tax time, right? Right. Like I had no idea that I was going to owe X amount. And so by pulling those things ahead of time and setting it aside, you probably ease a lot of that anxiety.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, a lot of the the future anxiety as well as You know, when you actually get hit with one of those tax bills, like that is something that you carry with you as an entrepreneur for years, even if it only happens the one time, like now you're anxious and worried about the IRS for the entire future of your company. It doesn't need to be that complicated, set aside 15% of your revenue. Not 25, 35, what, you know, because you've got business expenses that reduces your taxable income. Set aside 10 to 15% of your revenue into a different account and then don't touch it. And then at the end of the year, when you owe less than that, then you've got some extra money to pay yourself or to invest in something that you want for the company, right? But like taking it off the top and getting it out of sight, out of mind is what gives you that security. And likewise, I think that a lot of folks, see the benefits of doing that with tax savings specifically, right? Because we know the IRS is going to come knocking, but what a lot of business owners don't do is they don't do that when they think about like my, my business's cushion. And so the profit account is another one that I recommend. Take it off the top, take five, 5% to start off the top. You know, if you're just getting started with it, take one and build up to five. Right, that's my profit allocation right now in my company is five percent, and I take that off the top of every dollar that comes into my company. And then if one month my sales drops down to zero, I don't have to go take out a massive loan to cover the operating expenses for my company. My company's cushion has got me, you know. And I, so it's not just taxes that same mindset works for. It's like also. What's the, what's the emergency fund, the SOS fund for your company? Start building that a little bit at a time too.
0: I think that's so smart because like you said, you know, the runway is not something that a lot of people think about, you know, cause we get, I mean, we get stuck in the day to day, right? Like that's, that's what we're planning that we've got the day to day. And then we have whatever the really big vision is, Right. but how to get there? and not just with the work that we're doing, but financially how to get there is right. not always top of, because right. it's not it's not necessarily fun
1: uh, right. in, in a lot of
0: people's minds. And so that was actually something else that I wanted to talk to you about because prior we had mentioned that you've kind of made money a game. Yeah. And that's, and that's a way to really help. So explain how you've done this.
1: So there's so many different ways to do it. And I've played with different like gamification, techniques with money. Um, for me, like the, the game of like setting a goal and then going after it is super fun. So, and one of the, hold on, let me back up and see if I can rephrase my sentences here. Cause I get super excited when I start geeking out about this stuff. Um, so one of the structures that I have in my business is my profit account. Right. And so I set aside 5% of my revenue every month, or every time I get paid. Right. And then that builds at the end of the quarter, I take 50% of that as a fun distribution. Right. So like I pay myself a reward for what I've built up in my company. And over time, my profit account keeps growing and my like fun bonuses keep growing too. Right. So that is one way, like I really emphasize when I pay myself with that profit distribution, Like being very intentional about having fun with it. I take a trip with my husband. We, you know, go somewhere fun. We do something fun. I buy some new piece of equipment or like fun thing I want for myself for around the house or, or whatever, right? So the incentive of having that reward built into my financial system, it keeps me It keeps me honest about setting aside that 5% because there's a reward, but it also allows me to kind of dream about like, how do I want my business to grow? Because, you know, the more profitable my business is, the more fun my distributions get. Do you know what I mean? So that is one, one way I've also done different kinds of like point systems as my revenue is grown. So a good example would be, you know, if I can grow my revenue by 10% this month, I get three points. If I can grow it by 20%, I get five points. My goal is by the end of the year to have 25 points. And if I get 25 points by the end of the year, then I'm going to Take, you know, X amount for my business. I'm going to take myself out to this fancy restaurant that I've always wanted to just go splurge at, right? Something like that, building in like very clear metrics. This is how I want to grow. And then this is how, you know, I'm going to get there. And what it does is it forces you to pay attention to your metrics right? If I want to grow by, you know, 5% or whatever, I need to know where I'm at right now. And I need to know what 5% growth looks like. And I need to be able to check in on whether or not I'm, I hit that. And so kind of gamifying it by giving yourself these targets, it forces a level of attention that is honestly, usually the revolution for business owners just to get started in it. It's remarkable how much changes in a business's finances when the business owner is paying attention, even if they're not do they're not implementing structures, they're not deliberately budgeting, they're not even doing all of that. If they're checking their finances on a regular basis and monitoring how cash flow is moving, it will start to spark a lot of the like, oh wow, hmm, I've noticed that I'm always broke by the 15th of the month. What are some other ways I could invoice my clients that I stop having this problem? You know, like those kind of questions come up just because you're looking at your numbers
0: so so smart and i like i like that you brought up the reward piece as well because again we can get into this grind and just go 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 and then next goal post next goal post next goal post and the fact that you have built into your system a way for you to celebrate and you're using the money for fun i think that's a key and i know that's something that i myself struggle with because once i get them i'm like oh well i better reinvest this in x y and z but then you get kind of, you know, sucked into it and it doesn't become fun anymore.
1: Right. Right. It's true. I mean, one of the tenets of the, the coaching program that I do with people is like, you're not allowed to reinvent, you reinvest your profit or your profit distributions or your owner's pay back into the company. You're not allowed to do that. Partly because one of the biggest issues that we're seeing in entrepreneurship is underpaid business owners. Business owners who go and they burn themselves out because they never pay themselves enough and they're just someday my business is going to be the size that I need it to be for me to be able to compensate myself as the most important employee of my company. And that mindset is, I think, more than anything, why so many small businesses fail. Because business, like, I simply could not sustain working as hard as I do without paying myself. And so I take that option off the table with my clients. And I say, if your business needs more to operate, more money to operate on, how do you get more efficient with the dollars that you're already spending? Increase your revenue in a sustainable, intentional way to get you to the benchmark that you need to be at. Like what needs to change elsewhere in the system that doesn't include undercutting yourself? You know, the energy that we have as business owners is so precious and we give so much of our hearts to our babies and to our clients and to our, you know, like there's so much passion moving through us that that, in my opinion, it is absolutely essential that we be rewarding ourselves with the financial energy that we're working for today, not in three years when we're in a six figure business or whatever that looks like. And that can be a very hard thing to stick to because we want to grow our companies, right? Like we want to see it get bigger. And we could always justify where this new coaching program or this new schnazzy doodad would get us over the top that we want to be at. But the truth is, I've seen it in my experience. Most of the time when I've been willing to deviate from my system and invest in something that I'm not ready for, it turns out that my business isn't actually ready for it. Like it's not just that my finances weren't quite there for the investment, it's that my business wasn't at a sustainable enough level to have me implement this thing I was investing in in the first place. You know, and so I'm very, I'm very protective of the financial energy that needs to be moving to the business owner. And that like sense of rewarding myself and celebrating when like, I really, with these profit distributions, like celebrating and making sure that it's something fun, like that is so much fuel to my fire to continue building my business. I've been at this for 18 months and I've been tired, but I am nowhere near burnt out. And I really, truly believe it is largely because I've prioritized my well-being, my time, and my financial compensation for the work that I do every step of the way.
0: I think that's so, so important. I think I really want people to take that away from the conversation. You have to prioritize yourself instead of just the business. Like, Don't burn yourself out. Pay attention to the numbers and go at the pace that works for you because that's something that... I know I have forgotten a lot over time that my pace isn't necessarily going to be like the pace of the person standing next to me. Right. So, so, so good. I, I have one more question for you, Stacey, which is if you could change one thing in the entrepreneurial space, so you've been here for 18 months, what would that thing be?
1: Yeah. Um, it's such a good question. I see... Kind of almost to piggyback on what you just said about the entrepreneur next to me, and my pace doesn't look like that. I see so much sort of um, pretense in the entrepreneurial space. It's like we're all trying to prove that we've got it all figured out, and we've all got it together. I don't want my clients to see that I haven't figured it out. I don't want the public to see. My social media is really going to emphasize how great I'm doing, and and there's this sort of like chasing a success carrot that we're all like trying to get there, and we're all trying to like look like we're already there at the same time. It's like this. This is like the you know the the symbol that I see like pounding my chest like I've got this. Well, it's completely inauthentic. You know, I I know I know that there are some things I am freaking excellent at. I'm great with cash flow strategy. I'm great with bookkeeping. I love money. I make it fun. I'm super engaged in it. And there's a lot of stuff that I'm embarrassed at how little I know about it. I don't know Jack about branding. I've thought about how to brand my company a zillion times over the last year and a half, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I don't know all of the like KPIs on advertising and all of the buzzwords and all the best practices and best softwares and all of those things. And I don't want to put myself out there as an entrepreneur who's got it all figured out and who has it all together. And I mean, even in the area where I f- I am an expert, I've made financial mistakes in my business. And I think that I think that if I could change one thing in the entrepreneurial space, I would like to see more business owners being having this conversation. What has been hard? What haven't I figured out yet? You know, where are some of the like big blunders I made? Because I know that for me, when I've made those big blunders, the hardest part has been looking around wondering if like feeling like a hypocrite or feeling like I was stupid to have made those mistakes. And it's like, but I'm not. I am a new business owner. I'm green in a lot of areas and I'm learning how to build something that's bigger than me. And so let me put it out to my community where I'm not an expert and ask for support and encouragement and coaching and resources and kind of all of the things that I'm not good at. So I'd like to see more entrepreneurs really owning the messiness of the process and um, both for our own mental health, you know, like not having to pretend that it's easier than it is for the mental health of the people around us who can actually see their own weaknesses reflected back, you know, in other people. And thirdly, for people who think that they might want to be entrepreneurs, who get in there and realize, oh man, this is a lot harder than I thought. It is a lot harder than you think, you know, like it is. And that's not to discourage you from doing it. It's to really like be self-aware of the size of the endeavor that you're taking on and be willing to either give it everything that you've got, which it's going to require, or, you know, don't. And I, I think that, I think that being authentic about the struggles would touch all of those spaces.
0: Absolutely. And I, I feel like this term expert has gotten thrown around a lot, especially in the online space, like be an expert, show up as the expert. And I really appreciate you mentioning that that's just not the case. Like we're not all experts and we're not going to be experts in everything. And you aren't expected to be. We are not robots. We are humans running businesses. AI is coming, but we're still gonna have right. a job. Like right. it, it is what it is. Yeah. And so I think just again, to emphasize that you don't have to be the best at everything. And even when you start, you don't have to be the best at what you are trying to sell either right. because you're, you're not going to be. Right. The whole point is to learn from this journey. And if more people talked about it openly, yeah it would open a lot of doors for, like you said, people who are already in business, but also people who are thinking about it and are perhaps scared.
1: Right, right. It's doable. Like, you know, there there are times where I think I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't know some of the challenges I would face because I wonder if I would have had second thoughts about starting my own business. But then when I really step back and look at it, you know, I absolutely would have leapt in because I knew that this is what I wanted. And frankly, if I had known more about the challenges that were gonna be coming down the pike in my first year and a half of running my own business, I probably would have been more prepared. I would have put more energy on those challenges and making sure that I was set up for them than I did, you know, cause I thought I'm just, well, I'm starting a business, you know? Well, there's a lot to it. And that's great, and it's super fun. There's so many different places develop to develop yourself as a person through running a business. you know, so let's just be honest about that.
0: let's Let's talk about that. Exactly. Well, Stacey, seriously, thank you so much for chatting with us today. How can people get in contact with you? Yeah, of
1: course. I, this has been awesome. Thank you for putting together this conversation, Hunter. It's, this is exactly the conversation I want to see us having in the world. So, um, folks can find me at my website. My, my company's name is the SLC Group. My website is the slcgroup.co. One thing I wanted to share with folks um, I am running through the summer, through the end of September, free public office hours. So if you are newly starting a business or you're running a smaller business and you want to talk with somebody about some of the financial challenges or financial questions you've got, whether that's around bookkeeping or finance-related software or profit first and how to get started implementing that, kind of any of those pieces, um, there's a link on my website that you can book an office hour, 15-minute spot with me and we can just look at a specific question that you've got. So anybody who's here in this and wants to, to get a little bit of concrete knowledge for their companies, that would be the way to get in touch with me.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to add all of that in the show notes. So anyone can get a hold of Stacy who is ready. Definitely take her up on the offer. You know, any questions that you have, this is such a great opportunity to get some advice from someone who actually knows what they're talking about, you know, not just your mom or or brother, you know, (laughs) so definitely reach out Stacy again. Thank you so much. It was wonderful chatting.
1: Yeah. Same here. Thank you, Hunter.